Hello and welcome to Podcast Driven Development. My name is Al. And I'm Andrew. And today we're going to be talking about remote working. Something that neither of us actually do properly. I guess we should probably first of all talk about what is remote working um, and why it would differ from, uh, I guess, not remote working. Uh, So I guess the traditional way of working is when you're in and a physical space with everyone who you're working with. Um, you might have a couple of different ways of organising that space, but you're generally all within the same building and can see each other and go up and talk to each other. I guess within that, there would be multiple different ways of organising. So you've got open floor pans where it's just one big room and everyone can see each other. Seems to be fairly common in the technology space. Certainly does. It's it's the most common thing I've seen. Um and then you've got more kind of rooms for teams, which can quite often be quite a nice balance between the two of being an open plan office and having completely private offices, because you are, uh, you do have multiple people in the same room, but at least you're all working on the same thing. And so, you know, if there are people you need to talk to, they're all within the same space. And then there's the private offices, which is very rare in our line of work certainly where everybody gets an individual office with a door and uh that takes up a lot of space um does have its appeal though it really does close the door don't come in please i need my time need my nap um (laughs) so we're i guess we're not really here to, to talk too much about um different traditional offices um although obviously um we can chat a little bit about the you know the benefits and drawbacks um, so yeah, I suppose the, the the main touted benefits of your of your entirely open plan office are that of of collaboration. Everyone your 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 team is is co-located. They're all sat next to each other. Everyone can see everyone. And if if you need to to have a quick meeting or a quick chat about something, it's in theory very low cost to to have that uh, interaction. Yeah. I, I, I say low cost, low, low cost in, in, in terms of arranging the meeting, potentially quite high cost in terms of uh, interruptions though. Yeah, you do, you do always have that issue of if you're going to talk to someone in a physical space and you're like, okay, now you've first of all got the social cues, like have they got headphones on or whatever, but then some people, they've always got headphones on. And so then you have to be like, are they deep in work or are they not? Um, and then you get into this horrible situation of either you know, kind of interrupting them or kind of hovering around seeing if you're interrupting them or not. And then in doing that, you interrupt them, which is obviously not great. Um, but you you feel a bit silly just kind of, you know, IMing them if you sit next to them. I am far too guilty of doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying I've not done it, but you still feel silly doing it. There are, there are, there are, there are, there are times I'll send someone a message on, on, on Slack, the guy that sat next to me is like, you look like you're doing something. I don't want to interrupt you. I will just fire your question. You can get to it when you get to it. And then 10 seconds later, you get a reply. And you're just like, uh, this feels awkward now. I could have talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, I do know of someone who used to have like a um, a button near his desk that you could press that would light up something on his desk to let him know that someone was there. And if he didn't take off his headphones, you'd just come back later. <laughs> Which feels like the height of, uh, I don't want to talk to people-esque. But, I kind of yeah. want a doorbell on my desk now, though. <laughs> I do like the idea of like a um, uh, an IRC or Slack bot that will, you can like message to say, I need to talk to this person. And then it will just kind of queue up something so that 
you know, you, just someone gets a little bit of a like a someone wants to talk to you notification, but it's not too in your face. Because the other thing is that if your IM settings are too, you know, in your face, then you get distracted anyway. And so it's like, yeah, I am you, but it may as well have just talked to you. Yeah, I think everyone uh, on my work has has in your face notification switched on. It's just, why? Why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> first, the first thing I do for email and things is like, right, where, where's Where's the setting to switch off all the pings and banners and? Yeah, one 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 little thing in the the um, status bar. That's that's enough. Just a no, little don't, thing. Don't that even I can have look that. At every so often. Oh, no, I do that so I, just so I can look at it every so often. But the don't, key point don't, is, don't I don't want the... it to take focus away from me. I want to be able to look at it when I want. I've also had with the three monitor dream where email is permanently on a monitor. And it's just like, uh, oh, there's a new one. That's no fun. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just depends on each each different person what what works for them but um that when you are kind of you know just going up and talking to someone there's definitely no there's no way for that for someone to not kind of take that as a i need to talk to you now whereas sending an im means that they can at least have the settings set to to be more flexible if they want it to be to just come back to it when they want yeah i suppose going back to talk about open offices a wee bit i don't know what your experience is but who who gets the the, the pleasure of sitting in an open office is it the rank and file do, do managers sit in the in the open office do the managers managers sit in the open office as well yeah well i guess that depends where you are doesn't it uh, where 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 i work everybody is in the open open office um but there are i guess the the managers do have a little cubby hole they can have meetings in if they need to but their general work happens in the open office so it may be not a not the best situation but at least they're being consistent across the company with it yeah and that, that, that's the same at my, my current place and, and my previous place that uh, everyone uh, from the the head of the department down notionally has a desk in the open plan office now, how, how much time they spend in conference rooms and things in meetings versus actually sat at their desk is debatable for, uh, depending on the individual but in, in theory everyone sits sits in the open plan office yeah it just depends on how how it's dealt with whether it can feel you know like hypocritical or whatever but um yeah it's it's nice when even if they make a bad decision uh, or a decision that people disagree with, they're at least consistent with it. So have you ever worked uh, somewhere that has team rooms? Um, I kind of have. It wasn't specifically done as teams, but it had multiple smaller rooms rather than one big room. Um, and it certainly did feel a lot less distracting. However, we were in the room with like the salespeople and that was really bad. <laughs> the like other on, room was on the phone all the time. Sales. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was dreadful. No, no, um, no. So we were definitely in the wrong. Um, we were definitely in the wrong room. The other room was definitely a nicer room to be in because it was you know much smaller and it was like six or seven, um, six or seven people in that room. Um, and all developers. Uh, I think they were uh, basically just a team in the room. Sure. So. I think the only, the only time I've ever really done team rooms is, is short-term things and usually on client site and it's not necessarily set up as as team rooms it's like there's a bunch of you that need to get something done yeah here's a small room and it, it works yeah. quite well uh there's a small group of people that are needing to do something uh together i think the, the last place i was on site had, had quite a nice set i think it was a, a, like a trading room or something would taken over but it had uh, absolutely cracking uh, AV conferencing uh, facilities. Uh, 
sort of desks and computers around the the peripheral and a sort of conference table in the middle. That's quite nice. Sounds good. Yeah, so I guess obviously the um the private rooms as well has uh, much less uh both of benefits and drawbacks i guess the benefit is just you can be completely away from everyone and not get distractions but you get no advantages of being near anyone and you know quite often i find that when you're near your team you can get kind of collaborate a lot easier and just be like oh let's have a chat about this thing instead of like going to a meeting room and doing it um obviously that impacts the work that you do but you you balance these things i guess um and being in an open office can mean that you can get distracted by other teams having those discussions at least having a team room you're just getting distracted by your own team's discussions which you would probably be part of anyway um it's just it might not it might be in a more formal setting and obviously the big disadvantage is that it costs a lot more um and you just wouldn't talk to people i think i i often wonder if private office and it obviously depends a lot on the individual and, and, and their personality but i wonder if private offices hurt uh hurt more junior team members more yeah yeah that could definitely be an issue but i, don't, I have i have zero evidence and, and little experience of working in private offices to to back that uh that up but certainly with uh with quieter and perhaps more nervous uh juniors it's if if there isn't an easy way to ask questions and and perhaps uh, people aren't as responsive on email as sl- or, or, or slack or similar it's are you just going to sit there and, and and be stuck for longer than you than you needed to be but for 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 certain types of of, of work where it's just sort of headphones on head down and, and get your your head into the into the work it's, there is almost no substitute yeah so i guess that's physical offices obviously you can have any kind of combination of of those so i guess there are multiple different ways of of remote working that we should probably go through first one being completely remote so someone is a developer they work on a team they work from home or they have their own private office that they rent out they uh, don't share an office with anyone that's on their team uh, they do it entirely on their own machine uh, you know communicating remotely uh, you know they never see people I guess that's probably the most extreme version of remote working um which is probably the least common but does happen um and you know it works really well for some people and some people just can't handle that at all because they need to see people um and you you say you say it's the 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 least common but there are quite a number of people who have flexible working arrangements and, and and end up working from home pretty much full time when when no one else in the and the team is yeah but i i i think that's less common than you know someone who works mostly in the office but occasionally does like a working from home once in a blue moon um or yeah the next option on our remote types of remote working which is you know distributed teams where you have a team that is in multiple offices um and they work for the same company they work together they're just in different parts of a country or a or the world um and it's those with the right people to work on a team so that's who's in the team i mean i don't think i have worked on a project that hasn't had that i i, I think my last place of uh work uh co- co-located teams were were definitely uh the the norm there the, the, there would definitely be collaboration with other teams uh, in other geographies but 
the 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 team and and the work that went with that team was constrained to uh, a single physical location uh it was it was definitely rarer to have individuals in different offices as part of the same team yeah yeah i guess it just depends on you know what you see most most commonly but um in my certainly in my experience the distributed teams is a much more common way of of doing things but um i guess you know you do have people who mostly work in the office but occasionally they'll take a day work from home like once a week or once a month or whatever uh and then you've got the uh companies that are either mostly or entirely remote as opposed to you know you've got most people in the office and a couple of people work from home or you've got multiple offices and you work with people from the other offices in this case everybody is working you know from their own their own home or their own private office um and they all kind of have the same real drawbacks and positives i guess just some of them are more extreme than others so someone who works from home once or twice a week still goes into the office and sees people physically and can have the benefits of physical located working whereas uh but they still get the advantages that they for example don't have to commute twice a week or whatever um so it's just i guess different types of different extremities i don't think that's the right word to actually use in this context but it felt like it yeah i I suppose the the difficulties of especially in in companies whose whose sort of culture is remote first or or remote only it's how how geographically spread the individuals are if you're all in the same time zone communication is tends to be a lot easier than uh if someone is in australia and someone is in scotland yeah yeah um I know, I know a guy who worked on a team that was mostly based in Hawaii, and I think they ended up having like a one-hour overlap at the end of his day, at the beginning of the Hawaii day, something like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think what Hawaii's offset from here is, but it's not not great for working hours. It is uh, minus yeah, ten. I'm, minus ten. Yeah, that's. So yeah, I guess you'd have to if you're working if you're working nine to five. That's. Uh... <laughs> That's minus two hours overlap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was um, he was quite a late worker, so he came in to work late. And that's that's and good. Late. So they did that's have good. an overlap, <laughs> but yeah, you could easily just never see them. Um, and there, I, I think there are some advantages to that sort of thing. I have had ones where we've almost never overlapped, and I really liked how you could basically at the end of the working day, you know, send an email, I need this done, whatever, and then come back the next day, and they'll have had a whole working day. <laughs> and they'll have sorted out your yeah. email rather than this awkward I, I, thing I, I, where I, you're like sending an email and then some people like they'll reply straight away and you're like oh, i wasn't ready to mentally deal with that yet <laughs> you know um and there was always that one particular time we're like right well this is when i'll sort out my emails so i'll you know you didn't have to keep checking them throughout the day to check whether you got replies yeah. and stuff like that 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 was really nice um but I, I think i think i think the important thing there is though that your your, your teams and the workload it needs to be geared up for for that kind of asynchronicity. You, you can't accidentally or on purpose have have dependencies between the the teams in such a way that you can become blocked when someone's going to be in bed for the rest of your working day. the 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 worst thing in the world is waiting for for a decision from someone yeah who isn't isn't awake. Yeah, yeah. There definitely are some times where it can be a big issue, um, but. I found that most of the time it was great because just didn't have to worry about it, about 
when you would message someone because I guess one of the issues is that if I'm working on something and I've also got something I need to find out from someone do I like stop what I'm doing just now and then go message them and then they might message me when I'm back into my work and so I get distracted again or do I just do it at the end of the day and deal with it the next day and I really like that well it doesn't matter when I email it's not going to make any difference so I may as well wait till the end of the day I, I quite liked that I think I think my favourite uh, are interactions with offices that don't have the same working weekdays that um that you do. They're always fun to deal with. We had an office in Israel. If you got to Friday and went, oh, I'll just met, oh no, we're waiting a few days, which is which is yeah. fine if you're prepared for it. But if you're if you're trying to get an an, 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 an trying to get an answer from a from a key individual quite quickly, it's like nah, you're snickered. Yeah, I guess that you know you could argue that if your work is affected by not having an answer within a day from someone then you've probably organized things not great and it's yeah. not the most ideal no situation arguments. to be waiting for information if you're in the middle of something but there should be something that you can do to finish off if you're like okay i can't finish this off until i've got this information from someone you probably knew about it before and you probably could have asked about it before or there's probably something else you can do you know what have you written all the tests that you wanted to write have you you know checked this have you checked that there's always something you can do that you probably should be doing anyway, but the chances are you've not done because we're not, we're not great at that. We're not great at making sure we do all the steps we do on on a specific feature before we deploy it. So if you're waiting on one thing, you're probably not. <laughs> you know, those, those sorts of situations are yeah. quite rare. And it can feel frustrating because you're like, yeah, but I didn't want to do that bit just now. I wanted to do the bit that I'm waiting on this information for, but yeah, tough. <laughs> I suppose it's it probably is important to try and try and take advantage of the of the, of, of the um the asynchronous nature of the communication you can have and and yeah as you say you might not might not want to write that integration test today but you probably yeah. should yeah yeah I guess that's, that's but that's I think one of these, that's the thing I guess with all of it is that there are advantages and disadvantages as we've been discussing about the different bits and it's just about knowing what the disadvantages are and dealing with them and knowing what the advantages are and using them to your advantage a, 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 pre- a previous boss was based in uh, in california so eight hours time difference so in theory no overlap with a normal nine to five working day uh and he, he, was, he was the boss he'd quite often ask for status updates and, and stick his nose in and see how things were going and send emails asking for for information so you can't you kind of mentally thought you had a few hours usually to 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 respond and make sure you'd you'd covered your bases when when responding. Unfortunately, the guy didn't seem to sleep. <laughs> like two in the afternoon, you'd get you oh. get a message popping up on your screen. It's like yeah. it's got to be five and six in it. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah, what? I did. I did have ones where there was it was a, a Japanese team I was working with, and you'd get an, a message reply at what was essentially like midnight their time, and you're like why are you still up go to bed <laughs> you know and if you're still up and you can't go to sleep like why are you working <laughs> um that was that was always weird and amusing so i suppose we, 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 we've talked about t- taking advantage of time differences and, and and things but how 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 do you effectively communicate with people who are who are not sat across the desk from you the one we've mentioned is email and uh and instant messengers uh like slack was email in a way is almost better if the time zones don't match up because it's much more asynchronous yeah. than uh than something like slack which is a bit more 
I guess it depends how uh, your team works because I feel like if you deal with Slack uh, or another instant messaging, I don't know why I immediately said Slack, um, some sort of instant messaging. I'm waiting for IRC that sort of way. We'll get on to IRC later, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> if you deal with that on a real time, like I must always be paying attention to Slack and always replying to messages. Um, and if you don't take advantage of the features like, you know, threading conversations and stuff like that and different channels for different topics, then yeah, it can feel a bit overwhelming in too real time to be useful for asynchronous conversation. But it has the tools to be able to deal with that. You know, these sort of channels that just all the messages are in like chronological order and nobody has any clue where you've replied to what is really hard to read through. through. But if you thread things properly and you have channels where you're talking about one specific thing rather than just like one channel where you just talk everything, then it's really easy to get caught up and... You know, the the issues with email is, well, one, many companies use it in a really bad way in that you've just got everything <laughs> coming into it. You know, you've got notifications from servers that this is done. You've got, you know, code review stuff coming in. You've got all these things pouring in. My current client that I'm working for, when I started the project, in the first two weeks, I had something like... 20,000 emails. 20,000. 20,000. <laughs> Yes. It was insane. And that system is essentially useless for me. Um, and I lose useful emails all the time. Now, sure, I use filters and stuff like that, but there's only so much you can catch. That's and, a lot of filters. Well, exactly. I have a lot of filters. I filter out most of my emails, but I still get several hundred emails into, into my inbox a day, and most of them are useless. So the stuff that's actually useful definitely gets buried. And of course, the, one, of the big, one of the big problems of having all these filters is that people constantly put so the way that this client does their uh, leave is like people put it into each other's calendars and because into each yeah, other's calendars yeah. so they'll send like a calendar okay. like a meeting invite with their holiday yeah, yeah, yeah. um and, but of course they'll do it to like um a list rather than to individuals yeah. so of course i have a whole bunch of lists that are i'm throwing into filters because i don't actually care because for some reason they forward certain lists to other lists lists that you've not signed up to you get automatically signed up to because you've signed up to a different list so i don't so, want those information um, so i throw them into a filter so just like every day i come in and my calendar's full of calendar invites people going on holiday from emails that aren't even in my inbox and the at the risk of completely derailing this conversation i outlook or google uh, yeah outlook so outlook has the kind of nice sort of scheduling assistant yeah find a gap in someone's how does that work if your calendar is just filled up with other people's oh, holiday i don't even know we don't we don't use it <laughs> i mean the number no. of meetings i have just now are very low anyway but it's because everyone thinks you're on holiday because <laughs> they can't find any space in your calendar it's 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 not great um so i'm constantly clearing that out but anyway yeah i really did get derailed um so yeah email i tend to find is ruined by most companies whereas i am 10 you know Obviously, there are some IMs that are better than others. You know, if you're just going to use, you know, Skype for business, it's probably not going to do much better than email. In fact, it's probably worse than email because it's much more ephemeral and they just like they throw yeah. the conversation history into the conversation history folder. I think the realization that um, that once you left a group chat and Skype for business, uh, that yeah. was you done. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, no, no, that's not what yeah. I wanted. I just clicked. Oh, oops. Yeah. So. Excluding, you know, Skype, if you use something like Slack 
um, which is a good tool, or you use something like IRC, which is a better tool. Um, Microsoft Teams has kind of redeemed the, the, it's, the Skype. It's better than Skype, but it's somehow worse than every other option. I, I don't know how they do it. They have such a skill yeah. in making it a bad application. But if you use, if you it use is f- that that point aside, if you use one of these IMs, you have these good features to be able to supersede email. Because as much as companies have tried, you know, like Gmail and and to a lesser extent, Microsoft um, have tried to improve email. It's still bad and it's always going to be bad because we're building on top of something that was not designed to work well and didn't have a way to make these things better. It's not like you can just throw extra stuff on top of the protocol because nothing supports it. Um, And, you know, there are some protocols that you can do that on top of, like, you know, HTTP has worked really well throwing extra stuff on top of it because people actually want to support the new features, but nobody cares about actually integrating with somebody else's new email features. And there is no kind of central authority for what would define as the email specification. Well, I mean, I think probably the, I don't know, is there is there one? I don't actually know. There are a bunch of RFCs. Yeah, but the, I mean, an RFC is different from there being a central authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, email's no, I think, bad. I think email is just a bunch of RFCs, oh, yeah. isn't it? Email's bad, and I am tend to be much better. I, but if you've only got Skype, then I really feel for you. <laughs> I'm using a Mac again. It's not Windows. It's great. <laughs> and, until you realise that half the business needs, needs mm. Windows. So then I guess that leads us on to, to voice and video calls, um, which would be your replacement for in-person meetings. I don't think there's much a huge yeah. amount to say to this. People know what they're like. They do the job. It's the one thing that Skype's good at. So some some people f- still still feel allergic to video calls. Yeah, I can. Like some some people some some people don't like using telephones and, and voice calls, and that's that's fine. I don't particularly enjoy phoning people most of the time. Says me on a podcast. But, um, <laughs> I think this is this is different. Video, though. You this wanted is different. to it doesn't do look this. like a telephone. I'm speaking into. Yeah. It's a big microphone. Uh, video calls. Yeah, pe- people seem strangely allergic to video calls. I, th- I think the reason for that is because inherently most of the meetings that we do are bad and therefore people don't focus, but they don't want to be seen on video as not focusing. Like if you're actually doing something that is useful and people want to be at, they'll generally be okay with having video on because it definitely makes things better. You can see people's faces and, and yeah, see yeah. how they're reacting to things. But like it's so much easier to just tune out of a phone call than it is a video call. And because definitely. most meetings, as the saying goes, can be solved by a two a two sentence email, <laughs> people don't have the need to actually go on a video call and because they just find it useless. I think I think the thing that frustrates me as well is video calls. Like most people have a laptop with a decent enough webcam or a, a monitor with a, a Logitech or a Microsoft webcam, and, and it works yeah. and, and they're they're okay. But uh, try getting a bunch of people in a room, like a conference room, mm. and, and dialing into another conference room, oh. uh, another group of people or other individuals, it doesn't oh. work. I've not seen yeah. it anywhere where that stuff yeah, works. Yeah, even 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 audio doesn't work really well because even if you've got one of these fancy conference systems, which has like your central phone, and then you have these extra mics coming out there's always someone that's too far away and so someone's like oh can you move the microphone closer or can you speak up oh. i think yeah i think i have been in, in in one office ever that had decent in-room audio I, I i don't know how much money they spent on it. i don't know what the vendor was but like there, there were speakers i don't know hidden in the ceiling somewhere but like every corner of the room sounded good and, and the mics were, were i'm assuming there's boundary mics placed all around the room 
and you could be heard everywhere it was great yeah. but i was in the office for a week so everywhere else sucks yeah i i just there were so many times where when we were working as a remote team with another remote or with part of the team being remote and we were in one office it, it was just so much easier just for us all to sit at our desks and call on our on our headsets because the audio there was never any issues it just and i know yeah. the problem with that i guess is if you have if you have people in a physical space, it's better to sit around a table looking at each other without your computers. But it's not, if, if you can't, if there are other disadvantages to that, then that would trump it, which is a shame. Because if you have to be in the situation where you're in an open office, you want to take that one advantage you have of actually having the people physically with you, stick them in a meeting room and say, look, look me in the eyes. Let's sort this problem out. Like it's, yeah, the, 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 num the number of video calls I've been on, like you sat at a desk in an open office where there might be a bunch of like sixers on this call sat back to back and you can all just see each other on other people's cameras. And it's just like, <laughs> well, what are we doing here? Yeah, I haven't actually ever done that. Um, we we don't have webcams at our desks um, and we're not using laptops. So yeah, like we don't, <laughs> if we're ever on a call like that, it's just, it's just a call. Um that's... But we've generally d tried to do meeting rooms as much as we can. But uh, yeah, if the other if the other room has terrible audio or if they're struggling to hear you, it's just not worth it, despite the advantages. Yeah, Wi-Fi has a bad day and everyone has terrible audio well, quality. Well, that too, yeah. So I guess that's real-time communication, the IMs and the um, voice and video chats. But you've also got to think about how you share information um and obviously this is the sort of stuff that you should be using in a team anyway but it's even more important in a remote team because you can't just turn to the person to the side and say oh what's this thing that we were trying to do on this you know you need to have somewhere where you can share that information and have it easily you know indexable and searchable um and that's i guess where things like wikis appear um and they are they they are either the best thing in your team or the absolute worst thing and should be thrown in the sea. <laughs> yes. And, and you don't you don't yes. get anywhere in between. Either people are fantastic at doing it, they're editing pages when they need to, everything is up to date, there are guides, there are pointers to everything you need, or it's information from five years ago and it wastes your time more than helping you. There's nothing I love more than the top of a Confluence page that says last edited by unknown <laughs> no, user. No, that too. Oh, goodness. It's like, how, how long ago did this person leave yeah. the company? Oh. Yeah, they're not, it's not only that they don't have an account anymore. The actual information about their account has been deleted as well. <laughs> so, in fact, the chances there's are it's probably been migrated from another confluence. <laughs> we're going to buy a couple of companies and we're going to smash the wikis together and nothing bad will ever happen. Yeah. But yeah, I think I have, have, have been in teams that have used wikis to, to, to great effect, uh, but I mean, it's not a full-time job usually to, to, to it's, 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 do it's the knowledge nowhere, management It's nowhere piece. near that if everybody does their job. But no, no one ever does that's their the job. problem. Right, I, I've been on one team, one, one team that had a good confluence page, uh, um, a good confluence one team and I, i've been on like a good you know in the last few years i've been on a good four or five different teams and one of them had yeah. a good a good confluence uh three of them had bad confluences and one of them had no none which is probably better than pretending you're actually going to do the job or not but um it's it, 
it's so easy to be bad at it, but it is so it's just invaluable invaluable to have it. Yeah. A good. I'm I'm, I'm find, finding the current place of work. Uh, rather frustrating when it comes to wikis because well wiki means a wiki on a github repository oh, of course not, not the worst thing in the world yeah. they're, they're okay there's 130 repos yeah yeah there there is yeah. a documentation repo it's not the yeah. only place with useful information that's, that's i think one of the bigger issues um is that you when you split these things up too much and you have no real organization of here's where these things are you, it just becomes wild goose chase then and don't get me started on the stuff that live in some Google Docs account somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Best not to. So, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say about, about wikis. Do a wiki if you're going if you to do yeah, them properly. Do a wiki if you're going to do it well. If you find it's not working and nobody actually ever wants to update it, just delete it. It's better not to have it. But I can't, I can't tell you how useful the place with the good wiki was when I said, right, hello. I'm new on your team and someone replied with a link to a wiki page for new starters and I got everything set up without having to ask anyone what to do. I cannot tell you. You, you had an account to talk to someone without <sighs> having did. to consult a wiki to find out how to I get did. an account? I did because it was all nice. tied in together and they just sent me this link. I went to it and I did everything on it and I had my code all up and running and I could actually edit it and see what happened and it was great. That was i mean apart from anything it just makes people actually want to be part of your team like there's nothing worse than going on a team and saying right what do i do to start with and they go oh well i mean here's a wiki page and you go to it and none of it works and you spend three weeks going none of this code compiles and then someone says oh that's because you didn't do this and you're like well why is that not in the wiki page <laughs> it's just the most well, you're on the wrong thing. branch why don't you use master <laughs> well let's let's not get into that discussion shall we I had a rant about that earlier today. I I just I don't understand why master isn't the default in everyone's brain to be this is the most recent code. It's not stable. I don't, I, I think, I don't understand I, that. I think my favorite one was last project. There was a master branch. There was code in it. At some point, maybe eighteen months to two oh, years no. ago, uh, oh, no. the develop branch became. Like it was, there was obviously a master branch which was stable and a developed branch where random hacky 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 happened and at one point the merge back to master just stopped so develop became the the new master and things were branched from develop and, and releases were cut and tagged from develop and, and if you weren't watching you'd end up on master master is just different build tooling than develop because it was a while ago it's like why do, all the guides are talking about Gradle? Where's Gradle? You're like, depressing me. Oh, not not there yet. <laughs> so on a remote team, how 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 do you how do you do that code collaboration and, and help someone along with a bit of uh, perhaps you need to sit next to them but you can't? How do you do it? Well, I guess that's where your your tools like Skype and stuff come into into the fray where decent ones tend to have coach um, screen sharing. That's the most simple one. Yeah, I uh, Found uh, found various uh, screen sharing uh, and that, that, tools, that works uh, fine. Google, Google Hangouts or, yeah, or WebEx or, or it does the job. Day. It does what you expect it to. But I guess, and probably what we're wanting to get into here, or probably not too much detail because we're not about the detail, um, is hmm. the kind of tools that you're seeing more often now, where you can both you know have a plugin to your IDE and both actually see the same code on the screen at the same time and edit it. 
Um, I know there's a, I think there's a Visual Studio Code plugin for that. I can't remember the name of it, but another I one. I think there's an awesome uh, one. Um, we'll we'll find the link for the show notes when when we do that. Um, and they work surprisingly well. It's not the sort of thing you want to do all the time, but for that occasional um, helping with a problem that someone's having, works infinitely better than screen sharing. Yeah. There, there's nothing worse than that that pixelation when oh, someone yeah. flips tabs and the webex goes no, there you go or that one that one so. time that um it wasn't working properly when i was watching someone's screen and uh, i didn't say anything because I, th- I assumed it was just about to come right back uh but it didn't and it didn't and they'd already wow. finished talking about what they were talking and gone away from the screen when it came back and i was like i never saw the code <laughs> 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 that did not go well. <laughs> I think there, 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 there was there was a guy. Uh, he wasn't on my team. Uh, previous project. He was, he was on a team we worked quite closely with. But he his mind went like a thousand miles an hour, and he quite often have questions or something to show you. Just fine. You jump in a WebEx. WebEx can't keep up with the tabs this guy's oh. jumping through. Do you understand? Oh, people, right. people who don't no, slow no. down when they're doing that. It's like when so when we're recording this podcast, I generally try and slow myself down talking because when I'm talking normally, I speed up and I get really quick, and then people generally, especially because I've got got a Scottish accent, probably won't understand me unless they actually know what i'm talking about so it's that sort of thing where i'm podcasting i speak slower and more eloquently <laughs> if you believe it i'm speaking more eloquently than i normally do haha <laughs> funny joke because you know that it's not the same as just being next to someone who understands your voice and your accent and it's the same thing with sharing a screen don't work at the speed like you're just the only one looking right yeah, very good. You can type at 120 words per minute. Aren't you impressive? You can tab through things at breakneck speed. Well done. I can't see that. You need to slow down. It's great. Oh, yeah, um, I've not used those uh, tools in IDs very much, but when I have used them, they've worked really well. And I think they really are the, the future of kind of um, code collaboration between um between remote developers um they're really great i I see no real disadvantage other than obviously you need you need to actually have the tool and so in many places they won't actually allow you to install plugins or whatever um which is a shame i forget you work in more regulated industries than i tend to (laughs) yeah well Uh, (laughs) uh, and then nice big ssl intercepting proxy to help you (laughs) and um hmm, let me try that again uh and then obviously you've got the kind of usual things that you should be using in a team as we've i think discussed in a previous episode about code reviewing um and uh, you know builds and stuff like that that we should all be able to connect to easily from our machines um because realistically if you're in an office you shouldn't be code reviewing just by looking on someone's screen if it's any sort of real complicated code so no i've i've done the done the in meeting code reviews where everyone's staring at a thing and going through a checklist and it's no fun it's, for it's anyone it's no fun involved. and it's not useful <laughs> It's not useful. More importantly, it's not fun. Uh, but no, uh, I think thankfully for, especially thankfully for, for, for remote workers that asynchronous code reviews using using tools like Fabricator or GitHub uh, pull requests and things have, have become the, the norm across even, many, many parts of the industry. Even the bad ones, I'm looking at you, Bitbucket, even the bad ones are better than in-person reviews. 
Even something that was yeah, just I, I, email me a text file. That's better. <laughs> Don't. There, 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 there are there are still times where I have gone over to someone's desk if, if it's for, for small things or a horrifically large uh, diff that makes no yeah, sense. If you want, sometimes uh, it's useful to have someone show you over what they've done and kind of explain things. But that shouldn't be your only way of seeing the code because then you want to go back and properly look at it. G- generally, unless it's like a really small change, just seeing it on someone's screen is not enough. Yeah, and the, the the number of times for, for for more complicated changes where I have pulled the branch down remotely and fired it up in an IDE and started. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking at it in in, in more context. Yeah, I've definitely I've yeah, definitely done that, it's especially for much, big. Much more useful than especially for big things. Um, I've I've done that quite a few times. I guess that takes us on to our final topic, which is a painful topic for all. Yes, you're a remote developer. How do you actually get access to the code and to the environment which you're meant to be working in? So I guess most of the stuff that I I work with is um, through VDIs, where we log on to VPN, connect to a VDI, and for those who don't know, that's a virtual desktop. In what does the I stand for? VDI, virtual desktop infrastructure. Infrastructure. There we go. I was like, I was like, environment. Nope, that's not right. Environment. <laughs> I'm in your environment. No. Uh. In, in your environment. Um, <laughs> uh which has some advantages for the people that are giving you the stuff i mean yeah I, especially <laughs> for for uh consultants or contractors yeah. uh, am i going to mail you a laptop or am i going to let you connect to some random device to my network or? i mean literally the only real advantage is the is the security um so the cl- the client doesn't need to make their stuff available on the wide web, they can make you connect to a VPN before you see anything. Um, and I, th- I, th- I, I think, think from an I- becoming... IT perspective, there's probably there are a lot more advantages than security in terms of <laughs> if I mail your laptop or or, or well, let you connect a random device, I have to support. Well, except that generally the devices that we're going to be using are very similar. Um, you know, if we're using standard tooling then there's not much you need to do. And it's actually becoming a lot more common that clients will, instead of giving you a VDI and connecting to a VPN, they'll just have it on GitHub or they'll have it on um, GitLab or they'll have it on um, uh, Bitbucket or whatever and you connect to it and and everything is there. It's all private and it's all secure and not anyone can just see it. But it's, it's much more common because it's much easier for the developer because as good as your infrastructure is going to be, there is so much lag. There's always yeah. lag. No matter if you have the fastest connection and we have the fastest connection and your servers are the most amazing servers, it's still slow and it's still yeah. laggy. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm it's best, just horrific. At best, it's in a machine room down the hall and you've got your, your, your 10 or 20 milliseconds latency and it's great. But in reality, it's... Maybe not in the same country ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I've had some serious issues with those where there's like you know a good for 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 an hour or two a day you're getting one or two second lag, um, which just kills your productivity. Plain and simple. Yeah, no, I so, think I'd go home at that point. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's just not useful for anyone. Um, and yeah, so I I. I'm glad that things are kind of moving towards the using hosted infrastructure and therefore we can just access it wherever we want just with the right connections. But it's not there. And, you know, if you are if you have any control over this, 
don't go VDI if you don't have to. You know, there are good tools out there and they are good. You know, your company, your small company is not going to do security better than GitHub or Atlassian. Like, yeah. the, the, not to say that they're going to be 100% secure and there won't be breaches, but that's their job to do it. Whereas, you know, a, a small company, especially, that has maybe a couple of IT people, they're not going to do it as well. There's going to be much more room for errors. I, I think some of the nice and interesting uses of, of VDI I've seen are to provide specialist environments or, or, or more powerful hardware to, to developers than is necessarily available. So you might get a, a thin and light laptop and a fairly beefy... Uh, engineering uh, development uh, virtual desktop somewhere in a data center with lots of hardware which yeah it still it still has a lot of the same downsides in terms of, of, of latency and things but my, my laptop doesn't have 100 gig of ram in it yeah oh yeah absolutely they're, they're, but i never see any of those advantages <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, know, you only yeah. ever get the disadvantages in my in my case and I get that that's not why they do it. They don't do it for any advantages for me. They do it for the advantages for them. And that's fine, but frustrating. Yeah, and I, I think uh, working at my, my, my last company where we had a lot of uh, contractors and in and, and foreign places connected. And yes, the, the only uh, way that you're allowed to connect to previous companies' network is with a corporate device. And for contractors, yeah. that meant VDI because stuff's mailing laptops to random parts of uh the world yeah, yeah. Uh, i have i have had a project where you'd have to you could only connect to the vpn through a laptop as well and that was especially fun <laughs> i think i think uh i think policy said only corporate device to vpn and uh was perhaps not technically enforced well, the the vdi gateways were not behind the vpn though they were the https two-factor authentication and you could get Get remote desktop and you're fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they they definitely are the the least of many evils. In if you have to have that infrastructure, um, but they're not they're not great. And if you can, if you can convince someone to not make you go through a VPN, it's just going to make your life so much easier. You go the Google way. No VPNs for anyone. Everything Sounds just great. on HTTPS. Sounds great. Sounds expensive. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Great. So I guess the um, summary would be remote working can work for people, but not everyone. Um, and there are tools there to to help you get become a, to, to help you be efficient. Um, yeah. And there I, are I, I, advantages I, and disadvantages, and don't try and pretend that there aren't. <laughs> I, th- I think I think my, my my key takeaway from it is if you're gonna do remote working of any of any type. Think about how you're going to do it, and think about how you're going to make it work for for the individuals involved. Because if yeah. you if you don't put thought into it, it's going to be a fairly crap situation for someone. Yeah, it's a good last word. Unless you've got anything else to say. Nope. Great. Well, thank you for listening to Podcast Driven Development. Um, you can find us at podcastdrivendev.com on the internet or on many podcast apps. I am working to get it into iTunes, but. Ugh, that's never fun i've got a couple of things i need to change on the feed for them to actually accept it in the first place um fun. we will be there soon though um you can find me uh, on twitter at the scott bot that's scott with one t and i'm at smiley s-m-i-l-l-i-e on twitter thank you for listening and uh well uh we've obviously been back we're obviously back after a 
short break over Christmas, um, but we should be back every two weeks now. Um, so thank you for listening. We'll see you in two weeks' time and keep developing. Keep managing. I seem to definitely be a manager now.